This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to ASU Football Insider. I'm your host, Rob Penn, along with my co-host, Juan Roque, J.R. Redman, and making the season debut, the Sun Devil Swiss Army Knife, Rudy Burgess. How you guys doing? What's going on? Good, good, good. man. Good, right, good. Man. The Sun Devils came up short in a game that many would say that they had control of, ultimately losing the, to the Bears of Berkeley, 24-21. The Sun Devils out Cal by 100 yards, and also took the slight edge in time of possession, but ultimately losing a turnover battle. Juan, what was your take on Saturday's game? Well, I think you have to learn to close the game out. And at the end of that football game, what uh, we saw was, in essence, a breakdown of fundamentals with the quick score that Cal did. And even though ASU was able to respond with that, it, they just were not able to have enough time to get back in it where they could have very easily put it away. So I think what we saw is a team that's definitely in rebuilding mode. I think that uh, the coaching staff, as well as the players, need to come to some maturity, um, especially late in the game when it's on the line. You, you got to find ways to win. You got to, you, you can't give up a quick score. You you can't get you know a, a positive and then immediately followed up with a negative. As you saw, there was a quick score by ASU, and the next thing you know, that Cal scored within what was it, ten plays. It's just that you're, you're not going to become a winning team when you're allowing yourself to always have to be the one that comes from behind. You have to learn to pull ahead. You have to learn to pull, put the team away. And yes, winnable game for ASU and sadly just a disappointing loss. And when you look at the season moving forward, they better figure out quick who they are because it's not going to get any easier from now. That was probably the easiest game. Not that any game's ever easy, right? But that was likely the most winnable game they were going to have. Um, going into now, what's going to be a grueling back, uh, back, what is it, seven games, starting with Colorado, who's obviously lost two in a row. They're going to come in with a chip on their shoulders. You know, Prime is going to have them ready to play and ready to make a statement that they are definitely for real. You know, they're no longer uh, ranked. So it's it's just going to be a tough go for the rest of the season. But again, it, it, it's going to come down to this coaching staff and these players maturing very quickly and making sure they can execute when it matters most. Last week, we also spoke about them going for it on fourth down with the tight end uh, Sparky formation. This week again, coming out in the third quarter, uh, fourth down, you know, back against our wall in our own territory, we went for it again. So it's basically down to decisions, and like you say, maturing, definitely. So Scadable has over 150 yards with close to 30 carries. JR, is this sustainable for the rest of the season? Um, it looks like it could be in regards to, um, you, you know, him – being able to make plays, you know, we've seen a couple of weeks now when they get the ball in his hands, he has a knack for making a play. Um, it's just a matter of being as creative as they can and get the ball to him in different ways so they can have opportunity to make more plays. Um, I think collectively, though, you know, they got some big plays out of some other guys too, which was, was always good to see. Um, mm -hmm. Just got to figure out how to get the guys 
uh, highlight, you know, the things that they do well and, and put them in them situations to, to excel. No, I was going to say definitely a guy like Scatable, you know, he's definitely very talented. But after a while, teams are going to start scheming against that. And I mean, if you look at uh, what we did on third down, I mean, we've only we only won three third downs out of 15, putting us, you know, in bad positions. So I think the first thing we got to do is, like you said, kind of get more creative and figure out how we can win that third down battle, because, you know, with them, with them beasting us on third down and we, we only had what, how many first downs uh, for the game? 17 first downs. That's not moving the ball. You know, I mean, we're always having to bring the special teams on the field. You know, you can't score points with special teams putting the ball every time. Right. You want to know one thing that I saw and I automatically thought automatically thought of when I saw the play, uh, the decision making from the uh, for specific plays, analytics and how much the game has evolved over the years. You know, it, it's yeah. a big difference. You have now over 400 yards and only 21 points. What was the main hindrance keeping us from Pater last week, Rudy? Um, I think just obviously not getting in the end zone and the turnovers. You know, we had, like uh, Juan said, we had a turnover that uh, threw in an interception, which obviously resulted in a, a quick yeah. touchdown. So, you know, we really had no momentum uh, coming out coming out of the uh, possession. So, like like you keep saying, we got to mature. We got to learn how to protect the football and, you know, be able to attribute those yards and those stats to put points on the board, you know, when it counts. Today's guest. <laughs> On the Sun Devil Spotlight is dedicated over 30 years towards making the Arizona State University athletic program one of the nation's elite. His contributions in collegiate sports media and information led him to being awarded the Collegiate Sports Information Director of America University Division Achievement Award. Also, the major reason for this show right here that you all have grown to love. Please welcome Arizona State's Assistant Athletic Director for Media Relations, Doug Tamaro. How are you doing? Thanks, Rob. I appreciate that introduction. <laughs> uh, no problem, man. No problem. Warranted. Thank you so much for coming on, man. So let's get going. Tell us about your journey to becoming one of the industry's elite. Well, I'll tell you about my journey. I don't know if one of the industry's elite, but uh, I appreciate that. You don't should, be coy. You should work in PR. You should maybe have my job. Hey, I, I, I tell you what, I, I got lucky, man. I, I, uh, I When I was young, I was grew up in Pittsburgh when the Steelers were winning Super Bowls and the Pirates were winning the World Series. So I got engulfed in sports from a young age, uh, read the sports page from pretty much the time I was born. And, um, you know, I, I ended up uh, graduating from Baldwin Wallace College up in Ohio. I uh, had a really good sports information experience there with the Division Three school. I, I went to work at Cincinnati. One year, got lucky and was hanging around the Final Four team with Nick Van Exel. Um, bounced there to Notre Dame. Uh, got to work with Rick Meyer and Jerome Bettis and Tom Carter and Irv Smith and that crew. Mm -hmm. And then uh, this job opened up back in the summer of 1993. And, um, you know, I, I Mark Brand hired me. And uh, for 29 years, we worked together. And uh, for the past year and a half, you know, Mark Mark retired and is, is uh, trying to enjoy retirement life. And uh, it's been a it's been a good thirty plus year run. Place has been good to me. I think I've been good to it. Um, but uh, you know, I, I still got a lot of energy left in the tank. Um, it's changing world, which I'm sure we'll discuss. But uh, you know, I'm I'm here for as long as they want me. Mark, you know, you know your journey. I've known you a long time, and and I've seen the maturity. Right? You know, we we were both young guys. You're 93, um, and you know, you, you you have the same energy today that you had then. But in your journey. What, what has been special about ASU? Because I'm sure 
you've had other opportunities. I'm sure other people have come calling and giving you maybe an opening somewhere else, but you've stayed here. You've seen Rudy um, in, in his career. You've seen me. You've seen countless of Sun Devils just coming through your doors year in and year out. What's kept you at ASU? What, why is it so special to you? Sometimes timing is everything. And, you know, some of those other opportunities have popped up. Maybe the timing wasn't the perfect time. Um, you know, I had good ADs, Kevin White, Gene Smith, Steve Patterson. Uh, all have been good to me. Um, you know, Ray has been fantastic. Um, you know, I, I'm a, if it's not broke, don't try to fix it kind of guy. Um, place, the place has been good to me. I, you know, I don't miss the cold weather. Um, I kind of enjoy the heat. Um, and it also feels like every year that, uh, you know, you think, well, maybe this will be the stuff starts popping up and, um, you know, you kind of, you know, you take on the challenge of everything that's thrown at you. Now this past two months have been a lot of things thrown at us. Um, felt like the month of August was a decade, you know, it started with, uh, <laughs> big 12, it, we renamed the stadium and two days later, that was old news because we joined the big 12, um, <laughs> You know, we dealt with the bowl ban. We dealt with, um, you know, we went back to Camp T. Um, you know, that that was a blast. Um, but I tell you, it, it, the place has been really good. I've had some really good coaches to work with. Um, absolutely love Coach Hurley. I consider him one of my best friends. I'm still in touch with uh, Coach Frieder going way back. Had a wonderful relationship with Coach Snyder. Um, you know, uh, I, I remember driving Coach Snyder to um, Tucson with Mark Brand one day for one of his cancer uh appointments you know to, mm. to get uh healthy um so it, it's just been some really really good people including the student th athletes that i've been able to work with so uh question out of all of the uh all the years that you've been there um and and let me first start by saying thank you for um uh for the time that i was there and just always uh being there uh whenever you could be making sure we knew what was going on, giving us as much information as possible when something was coming around the corner. <laughs> so, you know, I'd just like to thank you for that. But I want to ask you, um, can you give me, out of all the years that you've been there, the top three games? Top three games. The top, your yeah. top three. You know what? Football, I'll, I'll, basketball I'll combined? It to, um, no, we can go for each. I, you know, I'm going to extend it to five. Oh wow! What's your okay. top? I'm extended to five. What's your top five games in football during your um tender there? So I have a I love the '96, and everyone's gonna think it's Nebraska, but I love the '96 USC home game. Mm. I could watch that game over and over, and I still think we're gonna lose. And <laughs> Jake Plummer would have been out of that game in the first quarter after Cliff Caborn almost took his head off after that interception. So mm. um, I just love that game, JR. Um, the, the Nebraska game is always going to be uh, with me. Uh, I just, mm. you know, I slept, you know, I didn't go home that night. You know, we, we <laughs> I showered in Desert Financial Arena, went to the Circle K and bought the newspapers and faxed them to the media. Um, that game's pretty, was pretty darn cool. Um, okay. I loved Kalen Balaj's touchdowns. However many he scored, I forget. Was it seven or eight? Um, yeah. See NCAA record being set on the field, and you're sitting there going, "Gosh darn!" You know that was that was pretty dark, on cool. Um, that one sticks out in my mind. A couple years ago, we beat Washington at home, and it was kind mm -hmm. of like, you know, we're, we're, the place was packed. It was the new stadium. 
Um, so that one kind of is, is really, really special to me. And as far mm-hmm. as the fifth, I don't know, but those, those four jump out um, a lot okay. to me. Those those four. And then hoops, uh, you know, I'll never – no one has seen a man score 61 points. Eddie House. And I still have the DVD, and I can watch that game – over and over because that guy never stopped running and we needed every single one of those 61 points and Hmm. to sit there and watch a man tie Lou Alcindor's record on an opposing court in a double overtime game that's pretty darn special um Hmm. that that one rang a bell and then of course this year to see Desmond Cambridge hit a 60-footer in Tucson the win uh that was pretty cool uh I wasn't on the court at that time I was actually in the uh media relations office of the uh, Arizona because I went back to get my thing settled and I walked back out in the court and guys, I was actually watching the game on the TV in the media relations office mm. and it was on about a 20 second delay and mm. I knew we were taking the ball out of bounds. So I was waiting for the band to start playing and I was waiting for the crowd to erupt and it didn't. And I'm watching them take the ball out of bounds and throw it in. And I looked at my phone and all of a sudden I had 150 texts in about 10 seconds. And they were all, oh my <laughs> God, can you believe it? And right at that point, I looked at the <clears throat> that was on like a 20 second delay. And I realized yeah. that one of the greatest shots in Arizona state history, I was sitting in the Tucson, the Arizona SID office watching on take delay. So I had to run out to the court real fast. So that's nice. my crazy story from that game. Yeah, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you a question similar to that, too. But since you already took that, I was going to say, what are your um, top three memorable uh, USC games in football? USC. So 96 is always going to be there, number one. The game where JR ran for about 600 yards. Um, He ran all over him. I just remember that. Um, (laughs) And then the uh, you guys remember the tarmac game, Um, you know, when we scored 60 some. I think it it was about a decade ago. Um, that's the game where Vontez pointed at you know Barkley across the line. Yeah. Great I love that picture, man. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah, and it, it's funny. Like nowadays, there's nine million photographers, so like you would have seen that picture like in thirty different angles. Oh, but yeah. that's a T-shirt. Then, there was there was, <laughs> last, there was less people back then shooting the game, so those special moments weren't captured by nine thousand people. And so whoever got that shot was just really cool. So. I remember we were losing that game too. Like we, it wasn't like we blew them out early. Um, and then Tim Tassalone, uh, their SID is a real good friend of mine. And, you know, they get home late. We get home late after game. I just remember waking up and seeing an email from Tim, Tim Tessalone at like five in the morning that Lane Kiffin was fired. I'm like, wait, he just left the press box. You know, how did that mm-hmm. happen? So, um, those ones are, those ones are uh, in my head. Nice. All right. So, so you know, Doug, we, we had a, a very uh, special bond, I would think, uh, especially that 96 year, because you were young SID. I was, of course, finishing up my career at ASU. But one thing I want to share, a special memory of you, and I'm sure JR and, and Rudy are going to have one too, but mine of you that I want people to know about is the day that Lynn Swan walked into your office uh, before oh. the USC game to sign your terrible towel. And yeah. you talk about that USC game, right? That was just such a special moment for you and me because I was there with you. Right. Um, what was that like for you? Because I never asked you, what did you feel? I, I know you were excited, but man, the, at that moment, right, we're undefeated, we're ranked, we have this opportunity to do something special. And here comes Lynn Swan because he's going to televise our game. <laughs> and, and, and so and so Lynn, you know, Juan knows as Lynn was my idol growing up. 
And um, when I was growing up in the yard, my dad was Terry Bradshaw, Lynn Swan, and I was Lynn Swan. And, you know, and I would do the juggling catch. Yeah, and sure. I had the, I still, I still have a Steeler Jersey. That's 88 Swan. I wear it every Super Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he came in the office, you know, I knew it was coming in, but you kind of like, wow, you know, and, and I remember telling Lynn, I'm like, you know, my dad was Terry Bradshaw and I was Lynn Swan growing up. And he, he was like, well, thanks for making me feel old. You know, so, <laughs> that, was, that was kind of funny, but um, he signed a, he signed a helmet for me. Mark had him sign a helmet for me. And uh, you know, every time I saw Lynn in the future, you know, when he was the AD at USC, whatever, he would always make an effort to come up to me and we, we would talk about the Steelers and we have a friend that's, to get the friend together that, um, you know, I'm close with. So she always says, Hey, you know, Lynn says hello. Or, you know, I, I always text her a photo of me on Super Bowl Sunday with my Swan Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's rare. You get to meet your idol. You know I mean? He was my idol growing up. So this business has afforded me a lot of cool things. And, um, you know, as they say back home in Elwood city, little Dougie got to meet his idol. So that, that oh, was, yeah. that was pretty <laughs> cool. All right. And before we get out of here, I want to ask you a question pretty much about the evolution of the industry, you know, with uh, the growth of uh, NIL and social media. Yeah. You know, what 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 is the biggest difference between now and 1993, 94? Uh, 365, 24-7. It, it does not stop. I'd say in, in mm-hmm. our business, personally, I'd say July 4th is the only day where maybe you can take a breath. You could always be doing something else. You could always be tweeting one more thing. Um, I'll give you an example. This, this is insane. Like Big 12 Media Day next year. Um, you know, it used to be, you know, when you guys were playing, Pac-12 Media Day was usually around right before Tonazona, right? Like August 1st or whatever. Big 12 Media Day next year, we take five guys. You should take one or two. We take five guys, and it's July 10th or 11th. So your football season is officially starting. Now, what's even crazier is the college baseball season has extended, right? And in two years, the college baseball season will end June 27th, College World Series. So it used to be, you know, July or June, early June, and you came back at the end of July, and now it's nonstop. It's so crazy now that you're you're like ready for the season to start. Before, you used to like the summer. Now it's like, I'm so busy, we might as well go play some games. Um, so, you know, just like the rest of the world, the whole social media takeover, um, probably the one bummer though, is, you know, we, we get to know the athletes a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the reason I got to know Jake and Juan and, and, and Pat so well, um, was they were in my office, you know, they came in our office a lot. We would be, go see them. And now everything's, I'll text you, you can text them, you'll do this and this. So that's kind of the change. It is what it is. Um, you know, and, and we've adapted to it, but, um, you know, when you guys were in school, we didn't have 26 sports. We probably had 19. So it's just, it's just an avalanche of things to do now with, with all our student athletes. All right. Definitely. Uh, last question. Yeah. Super conference. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably the only way to go. I mean, I'm saddened by the lack of the PAC 12 next year. I mean, I, you know, when I make, I don't travel with basketball like I used to, but I'm going to try to make a couple trips this year. And when the basketball schedule comes out this year, the last Pac-12 regular season basketball game at Poly Pavilion is going to be Arizona State at UCLA. It's going to, I'm going to be able to go to those games. It's going to be really strange for me to walk in. I mean, I remember all those trips I used to make, flying on Wednesday, you go to the restaurants you like, you see your friends. I have probably 25 friends that work at the Pac-12, and I have really good friends that work in the league. 
um, at schools. And the reality is I might not ever see them again after this year. You know, I, I know I've seen more than I'm going to see in this business um, after 31 years, but the fact that I'm not going to see some of these people again is a bummer. There's some advantages. I mean, when Kansas state comes to town next year and they fill our stadiums and when Iowa state's here in basketball in February and all the cub fans are coming to our game, that kind of stuff's cool. All right. I mean, we're going to play BYU. Maybe I get to go an hour from an hour and a half from home to go to a game at West Virginia, but it's, it's really strange that Arizona state's going to play West Virginia in a conference game. Syracuse is going to play uh, or Stanford's going to play Syracuse and Oregon's going to play Penn state. That's mm. it's just a strange thing that we're all going to accept, but for, for us old folks, it's never going to seem normal. Well, thank you so much for coming on brother. I really appreciate it. Guys, my pleasure. Good to see all these faces and, um, <laughs> You know, we need we need some dudes like you. I think Kenny's going to get them. Uh, but uh, we're in a tough spot right now, but hopefully he'll bounce us out of it. All right. Appreciate you, Doug. See you guys. Forks up. Good one. Yep. We'll be back next week to recap the Colorado Buffaloes in prime time. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, Rob, right, you so said Colorado, you think Gacy has a chance, huh? Yeah, man, I, I like I like uh, Trent Borges, man. I just think. Hey, 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 Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.